0: Liz show on America's web radio. I'm your host, lawyer Liz. And while I am an attorney, the buzz off show is not legal advice. Instead, it's a weekly look at all of the buzz surrounding autonomous vehicles, drones, the Internet of Things, and all of the technology in between. Coming to you each Wednesday on AmericasWebRadio.com from 2 to 3 Eastern in the afternoon. And podcasts available, Law Your Liz podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast streaming at service. So we've been talking the past couple of shows about different drone and policy and technology issues, but coming back to the central theme of the security and what are the privacy, what are some of the other implications, but in Each instance that we're talking about technology, connected Internet of Things, one central issue is the human element. What happens? You can have the best security, the best policies, the best technology, but if somebody props the door open with a rock, then doesn't matter how many card readers you have or keys and pens required to get in the door, the door is still propped open. So working around that human factor and how do we come up both on the education side to teach folks what they should or should not be doing and raise awareness of the issue? Well, that is up for discussion later in the show with our two guest guests experts in penetration testing and vulnerability assessments. From the social engineering perspective, the information security OSET. we will have Jack Hyde and John Nye join us. Looking forward to that conversation. And before we get into all of those details, of course, course we will have the bust or must for the upcoming or past couple of weeks in all of the technology world and when you look at drones and STEM education a tip of the hat a must Uh, Keep an eye on congratulations to the AMA Academy of Model Aeronautics because they just hosted their UAS for that's number four STEM nationals where they invited high school teams from all over the country to compete in a series of challenges with aircraft that they drone aircraft that they built and uh, proceeded to both have the presentation aspect as well as the flight and mission planning aspect and while they did not win, have to give a shout out to the Grady High School Robotics uh, G3 team that participated as Slightly biased as one of the volunteers who's worked with the team. But it's great to see all these students get excited about uh, science and technology. It's cool. But anyway, congratulations to the AMA on another successful competition. And when we start talking about uh, of course, a must. You have to balance that with a bust. And in this case, giving a bust to the, in the category of what could possibly go wrong is Amazon Echo. And in addition to everything else they're doing are floating proposals to have fashion cameras that they would like to be your At home stylist, your virtual assistant, because what could possibly go wrong from a privacy and data security aspect when you have cameras and that interaction in your wardrobe, in your closet, in your bedroom? I mean, heavens forbid nothing ever goes wrong, that we never have breaches or hackers taking over the cameras or anything, because yeah you know, if we had to worry about such things then we should also worry about or you know, add to the fashion list of what um, what can only be called a significant bust that android phone users google is always listening that a, a reminder the reports themselves aren't new but the reminder and news stories about how the Android, the Google voice assistant, never really stops listening. And with Siri, you can turn Siri off and the information's not collected or it's not stored as long. In this case, Google has admitted that their voice assistant is always ready to go, that if you say, okay, Google that it will start recording in 15 to 20 second uh, segments and that with those, the information is then immediately uploaded into the Google's cloud storage. And essentially it lives on forever. You can go through some of your settings to turn off or delete the information. But at this point, it has already been sent to the cloud. So, as we've joked on prior buzz off shows that anytime you go into someone's house you need to start saying you know Alexa are you listening echo are you listening now it needs to be you need to start asking all your friends who have uh, Android and as well making sure for those with Siri the Apple, iPhones, but particularly with Google, do we need to start asking people what kind of cell phone do you have and do you want it around because anyone can trigger the recording and it's constantly in the background recording and you have to wonder what are the implications when we talk about children, Uh, certain conversations of a private or otherwise intimate nature they're being recorded and saved. And do you have to worry about child privacy uh, and other data sharing instances? What's the liability? Who should be able to access those? Could anyone access? And so as I have joked about entering in one of the entering into homes and asking those questions do you also or should you also carry around a, a Faraday cage uh, bag material that's going to block both the uh, RF the radio frequencies so that people can't steal your credit card information that kind of thing but do you need to carry around a Faraday cage as well as a acoustic isolation uh, case so that even if the remote signals because in Google Android cell phone case when or in the instance with those it it doesn't matter if it's transmitting back and forth to or instantly uploading as soon as you you've turned the Wi-Fi function off uh, from your phone well when you reconnect That information is going to be uploaded. So do you, should you consider having, you know, blocking those signals so that not only is it not able to instantly upload, but also consider do you want to have it in, in an isolation, uh, acoustic isolation casing so that it can't record in the first place? Do we need to carry those? And talk about cone of silence. Have bags, be it a you know, a backpack or some sort of things where you go spend time with friends or a certain company, you have all of everyone's devices in the bag. We're entering the cone of silence. And it's just things to think about as we move forward into this ever-present, ever-connected environment and really looking at what are some of the things we should be doing both at home and when we're out and about. Are you ever really alone? And one of the other things to when it comes to data and privacy that has taken the forefront on the drone side is a bit of a bust. But when the president took his uh, 14 plus day uh, vacation to New Jersey, the or working vacation to be accurate, the secret service uh, used and deployed tethered drones to provide perimeter security for the president's visit. Well, one of the things the secret service had warned people about was that, Hey, these drones are going to capture nearby images, uh, be it photographic as well as any other data that's being collected. And while they recognized this would be an invasion of privacy and said, so you know, we hate to do this, but we can't. They have a better way to provide security, so don't worry. This information that is collected, these images, this data, will be overwritten within 30 days. Well, a couple of key points with that, overwritten, so can't really delete it, but what, you know, What exactly is going to happen? Is it truly going to be overridden? Is it going to be disseminated to other people having access to it, other law enforcement? And so it raises some serious privacy concerns for those around. And the question becomes how secure are the aircraft that they're using? That as highlighted by the recent DJI issues with the Army and pointing out that some of the secured data is being transferred and uploaded and those software patches will go into effect in September but it's not September and so what is happening to that information how is it being protected and just because it's being overwritten did anyone else have access to it so Secret Service deploying tethered drones from a privacy perspective is a bust, but from a cost saving and efficiency perspective is, is a must. I mean, the Secret Service has already admitted that providing a service and security for the President and his various family members is busting their budget. So with all of that and those physical security again we're going to talk with jack and john after this next commercial break and get into well okay we have these policies this data is going to be deleted and all these things but what do you do about the human error and the human side so you're listening to buzz off with lawyer liz on america's web radio we'll be right back after this commercial break
1: Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
2: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
0: Welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. And as we teased right before the break, you know, pen testing isn't easy. Planning is not easy because as beautiful as your systems and your policies and your procedures can be inevitably we're humans and there are things that you cannot control and unfortunately as much as legislators may try you can't regulate legislate stupid um or just uh, human nature so welcoming Jack and John to the show and Jack is with you know both physical Penetration testing at Sincerely Security and John is the VP Cybersecurity Strategy at Synergistic. Did I get that right, John? Nailed it. Excellent. Well, welcome to you both. And, uh, so y'all've been around the block, been there, done, yeah, done that, seen it and put it in a report. I mean, what, what are some of the, Things, how did you get to where you are in the work you're performing now?
3: Sure. You, uh, you want me to tell my origin story? You want to, do yes. Uh, so, it. Uh,
0: with your superhero cape on, right. go for it. So, uh, I guess about
3: 1985, I was five years old. My dad brought home a TI-1000. It's like a Texas Instruments computer you plugged into a TV and a tape deck. To do things with it. So very early computers. Uh, and didn't have games. But I wanted games. So uh, my dad bought me a book. With a bunch of basic programs in it. And said have at it. So I then spent like the next few days. Typing you know pecking. Because I was like six. You know hunting and pecking. Trying to type in these. And finally was able to put in. Uh, about half of a, a game. Before I realized that you could change things really easily you could change the colors change the words and then it was done i was like i want to see what i can do with computers so i spent the next uh
0: well and i have to ask uh, john when you type now is it better than pecking because i find most folks it really aren't as good a typist as the you know I think I have,
3: have you, have been, I think I have, but it's been—I think I've gotten a lot a better bit. in the last like three years doing a bunch of writing.
0: <laughs> it's the reports that get you. So once your curiosity was well, I, peaked, you know, where did it go I from there? Was
3: pretty much behind a computer. If I wasn't at school uh, until I was maybe about fifteen, it was the only thing I did. Um, Had a little scare when I was 15 where a friend of mine got in some big trouble for doing, uh, you know, computer hacking in the mid 90s. Uh, so I was like, I am done with hacking. I didn't see it as being a, a, really being a job. I didn't know that it would work out. I could be a pen tester when I grew up. Uh, so I, I kind of backed off for a few years and then in 2007 I joined the army. I uh, did uh, information security for the Army for about four and a half years and uh, have been doing consulting and internal audit and pen testing and social engineering, all that stuff since then for the last 10 years.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. Well, now, Jack, what what caught your eye about pen testing? Uh, what is your superhero story sure so um i guess i was about
4: uh six, six seven eight somewhere in that age range um i grew up in a very uh very religious family um i would almost say that we were uh I'd, I'd probably define the church we went to as almost cultish. So we didn't have a lot of technology in our lives, but um, I I was the uh, the curious kid who was always asking questions. And of course, children, especially girl children, uh, should be uh, seen and not heard. So after one particularly offensive. Um, <laughs> Moment where I called out the pastor about something that didn't make sense in the middle of uh, a service, uh, I got sent out. I got sent out of the um, sanctuary and told to wait in the foyer. And uh, I was bored of sitting down. And so I started wandering uh, through the church and uh, was wiggling doorknobs and realized that my pastor's door was unlocked
0: (laughs) and that's awesome
4: (laughs) and so I went inside and uh you know there's all these beautiful things that he'd collected through the years and um I I quickly left after that but after you know I I started setting little, like, tasks for myself. I'd see if, like, okay, I'm going to see if I can sneak out of the sanctuary during service and, like, say I'm going to the bathroom and go and I'll take a book from the pastor's office and I'll keep it all week and then I'll see if I can't put it back before he notices the next week. And and so I set these little, like, physical goals for myself to see if I could be sneaky enough to not get caught. Um, and... Uh, I I never, go
0: ahead. (laughs) So it sounds like you got your start with both the, you know, social engineering Mm -hmm. as well as the hardware and software curiosity.
4: I'm actually uh, not nearly as technical as John is. I am a lot more uh, interested in the, the, um, the human aspect of this, which, you know, John has slowly moved towards that, (laughs) the the more interesting side of InfoSec, in my opinion. Um, But, uh, you know, when when it comes down to it, people are the uh, squishy underbelly of a security posture. Um, If you're going to have a a very uh, solid um, base of security you're going to want to train your people and so that's really what I focus on is the the assessment of those vulnerabilities and um figuring out how to uh
0: how to fix it well exactly and that seems to be the biggest challenges we've got various regulators coming in and you know you have passwords you have you know different things wired into this the That, okay, this is, you know, we've made this as secure as possible and then somebody sets their password as, you know, their birth date or something ridiculous or they write their password and put it on the post-it next to their Mm -hmm. computer. Yes. So, so really where you and John with the penetration testing is you get to poke around and find oh, that soft so, underbelly. So, yeah, and, so when, I mean, what's the craziest yeah, so, thing so the in your years, head or just, like,
3: like Jack was just saying, slap I've your head on the desk for I've been a pen tester, so I've been doing, you know, uh, network pen tests and things along those lines. And the thing that makes me want to bang my head against the wall is the thing I saw at every single one of those, which was the same issues. The same vulnerabilities, the same findings, and you know, a, a, a pen test report might have a hundred findings or more for an individual uh, organization or target. But it, they're the same hundred that I saw on last year's report, and the same hundred that I saw on the report I did for a different organization two weeks earlier. It's like we're stuck in Groundhog's Day. You know, so that's what drives me crazy and that's really what's pulled me away from the technical and into the, uh, social engineering and the human aspect so much is the, is that we've got the technical aspect down. We have a lot of technical controls and tools and all that stuff. The reason we're getting breached is the people, whether it's somebody managing it or somebody using it.
0: And so, what, how do you kind of balance that, that, uh, or identify the low hanging fruit? So you know it's the people, you know, or you go into an organization, and you've identified, hey, y'all are doing everything right yeah. from a system, from you know, the technology side.
3: Rejects,
0: but here. here's where the weakness is. I, it's not always an plan. easy conversation to broach that topic.
3: It's, that's the hardest part. About nine times out of ten, when you go into an organization and you say, hey, we want to test your physical security or we want to do phishing or we want to do social engineering, nine times out of ten, they say no. Not because they think that they have it in hand, but because they know they don't. It's like the ostrich head in the sand. So go ahead, Jack. Let's hear what you have to say on it.
1: Exactly.
3: You're good.
4: Oh, no, I'm sorry to <laughs> interrupt. You, you finish what you had to say, uh, and then I'll, I'll say my piece.
1: Yeah, well, I love it
4: when friendly. everyone's polite, as
0: opposed to some of the talking head uh, shows where I start to get a headache and just have to turn it off. Oh gosh,
4: yeah 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 john and i uh, we practically finish each other's sentences sometimes so we're i mean like we're just so on the same wavelength um yeah i can't tell you how many times i've sat in on on scoping uh discussions with clients and and we're talking you know what what exactly do you want in this pen test or do you even want a pen test and um They say, like, oh, no, we don't want anything social engineering, or we want everything except social engineering. Not because they're like, oh, no, we're good on that front. But, you know, 90% of the time, it's, excuse me, oh, we know we are going to fail. Like, we are going to be wasting our money
0: (laughs) if we try to do this. So, uh
1: I how know. do you
0: turn Go that, ahead. how do you turn that conversation to explain? Because unfortunately, from a liability standpoint, should that be you know, a fault, a failure, As yes. so lawyers, the, you know, uh, we, we ruin uh, everything. But We're but not going to take that the as the getting, answer. So uh, to, how do you
3: kind of who are get the that light bulb to, to turn on? Uh, that so, even though they know those vulnerabilities are there, they know they're going to fail. <laughs> By seeing them and starting to fix them, they can eventually get better.
1: Yeah,
4: absolutely. And my biggest, my biggest uh, thing when I'm talking to C-suite about uh, this problem is like, look, then I don't even have to to sell you on the test you need the test but what you need even more is the solution and that's really what i think john and i have to offer uh along with you know several other amazing um social engineering uh pen testers is we can offer uh that customized training and and um that engaging presence that
0: can help educate people uh, on a personal level. Well, that's that's a key and a perfect tease for our next segment after this commercial break. Is all right. We know there's a problem. Now here's what you can do. But you're listening to Buzz Off on America's Web Radio. We'll be right back.
1: Do you have problems with sinus pain and pressure? Do other people smell things that you don't? Have you lost the joy in eating because food just doesn't taste like it used to? Is your nose always stuffy no matter what you do? Maybe you have sinus or nasal polyps. These are generally benign growths that occur from chronic sinus infection or allergies that are either undertreated or have not been treated at all. At Peachtree ENT Center... We specialize in minimally invasive balloon dilation sinus surgery and correction of a deviated nasal septum and turbinate reduction surgery that can be done in the office. We use a state-of-the-art equipment so that you can see the problem. You will be a partner in your care, and together, we will decide the course of treatment. We believe in old-fashioned medicine, where we take the time to fix the problem, not just medicate the symptoms. You can rest assured that all options will be offered before surgery is recommended. Because Peachtree ENT Center is where patient care counts. You're listening to
0: America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. I'm your host, Lawyer Liz, talking today with John and Jack fresh off their uh, speaking tours of uh, DEF CON, B-Sides, and various other, uh, I'd say, conferences and uh, radio show appearances. So thanks, guys, for joining us again. And we were talking before the break on, you know, it's easy to identify where things could use improvement, but catching folks' attention and encouraging them to get the head out of the sand. Hey, we know this is gonna be painful, but let's just rip this band-aid off. How do those conversations go? How do you get their attention?
3: Well it it's a tough it's a tough sell for literally any person because of human nature. So the way that people work we don't really see risks and dangers that we actually face. We have like a blindness kind of built in or we'd spend all our time cowering in a corner. So it's, it's a good thing that we don't see and realize what risks are, uh, we're facing at all times. So, but that's also kind of the block that we run into when we're trying to talk about how to fix these, talk about training, talk about, uh, you know, better ways to handle to handle everything. Training is a big one. You start looking at the uh, annual awareness training. Almost every organization does this where they have like an annual uh, basically a PowerPoint slide deck that people watch and then they do a five or ten question multiple choice and that's their training for security awareness.
0: I was going to say, um, and uh, not to talk about my office, but we may or may not have a series of videos. We just had to watch that um, try as one may. You cannot make some of this stuff an interesting It's hard. It hard.
3: And so that's where, you know, we have to look at human psychology and how the brain works, how people work. And one of the most powerful ways to get, A message across to a person is to tell the story of it, to help them understand the, you know, the five W's, who, what, when, where, why, and then you can throw in the H, how. But if you tell your, your users and you tell your admins and you tell all these people the things that matter to them, why they're, they're at risk, why, uh, how they can protect themselves, uh, you can, and another thing that really helps is to bring it beyond just the workplace because even your most dedicated employees are they have they have only so far that they can care. And so you often run into I mean it's absolutely true you, there is not like a lot there's a logical correlation between your happiness and the success of the organization you work for. You can make a logical connection, you know, if they do well, you do well, you might get bonuses, etc. But in reality, we don't make that connection. People don't. So they don't really care if the organization is breached. Like, really, honestly care. But if you can convince them or show them ways that they can protect their home networks, their family, their kids, their, their spouses, you know, you have all these things that matter to them, you know matter to them, their circle of influence. And if you can show them how to help their circle of influence, the people that matter to them... Then that will form habits, and those habits can then, will then come back to them at work with them to work. So, so,
0: so give an example. If we're say trying to relate uh, to average homeowner, you know, how do you? What are some of the common things? How do you relate it to their everyday lives? Of hey, this is not only. Like, will help you at work, but this will help you at home. I mean, what are some, without giving away the secret sauce, uh, because of course people could hire y'all to come in and give you professional advice, but what's, what's a good teaser of how y'all bridge that gap?
3: Are, okay. are John, you? do
0: you mind if I take
4: this one? Okay, so one of the biggest uh, successes that I've had so far is, uh, walking a group of employees that I'm doing training for, walking them through a pen test with me. For a day, they become my, uh, apprentice, uh, pen testers. Um, to, Go ahead. to make them wear black hoodies <laughs> and um, carry a backpack uh, <laughs> I, so that's that's kind of my whole shtick is I look nothing like Mr. Robot
0: <laughs> awesome that's how you're so good yep, that's how you hackers. fly under the radar can't exactly. expect it
4: Dapper Hacker yes, oh, that's a good idea for a uh, handle today. good idea not you heard today. it here first I <laughs>
3: DafferHackers.com. Right now it just takes you to my blog. But eventually we'll put that.
0: That's freaking adorable. So that is awesome. So, so, Jack, you've got your uh, Daffer Hackers in tow for a day.
4: Yes. Um, So what I do is, you know, for the first couple hours, I kind of walk them through what I do. Uh, as a pen tester, the weaknesses I look for, and uh, this is specifically related to corporate, that, that there are different things you can do to uh, train people to be more cautious in their personal lives. But um, I, I, will, I will walk them through what I look for as a pen tester, how I conduct open source intelligence gathering. And, and then I say, okay, uh, you and me, we are attacking your company. How would you do it? And I make them, you know, I have them break off into groups. And and then they present their game plans to me. And, and after, uh, the, the feedback that I've gotten from this is just absolutely phenomenal. Um, I had one woman get in touch with me, and I did her training like four or five months ago. Uh, and she had moved to a different company. And uh, they, they had somebody walk in and say, Hi, I'm with the cable company. I need access to your server room. Um, and everybody was like, okay, yeah, cool. And she was the only one who was like, um, wait a second that doesn't sound quite right. Like who sent you? She started asking questions and, um, he ended up having to like go back and it, 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 it said some things back and, but that's a risk you, you've got to take in order to be secure. If you haven't taken, um, the right steps to, how should I say this? Uh, if, if you are expected at a location, sh- someone should be expecting you, you know? Well,
0: exactly. And it, well, it's just a good protocol Exactly. Anyway, but absolutely, just as you would question if someone showed up to your home mm-hmm. saying, "I'm with the cable company, but yeah. but we don't have cable," But <laughs> I'm with the cable company, you ask those questions. So it does translate. I mean, too. That's so that's a, excellent. Uh, a thing
3: That I do as well. I, um, it's a little different than what Jack does. Uh, so I do a workshop uh, with our many of our clients for Synergistic. And essentially, uh, it's a not, it's for non-technical people. And what I will do is, is literally do live on the spot. It's three hours long hacks on their devices that they have in there. So I use things like the Wi-Fi pineapple, uh, and like the bash bunny, you know, kind of these relatively easy to get a hold of tools, relatively inexpensive tools, uh, as well. And they'll actually do hacks, attack the wireless network, uh, fool their phones into connecting to a fake access point, uh, showing them how easily I can find uh, their information on sites such as LinkedIn or find information about their organization on uh, uh, Shodan, things along those lines. And that makes a huge impact because their personal yeah. phone, their personal laptop, whatever they had with them, was literally hacked in front of their eyes. And now they want to know. So, how well does that go over? I mean, it, I not feeling anything. <laughs> but it's, turn off your Wi-Fi. Creepy. If you're worried. Weird. You know, if you, if you don't want me to have any access at all, so I give them a warning. Most of the people will leave their stuff on because it's entertaining. And
0: I mean, have the, you caught people like going stopped, like? obviously not paying attention during the presentation, do you give them demerits to say, not only did I warn you I was going to hack, but yeah, I've I've got your information, and no, that color will not look good on you, yes, no absolutely. matter what as, the size chart you or you know,
3: picture Because it's it's surprisingly easy to get their fool the phones into going on a, a fake access point or something along those lines. Uh, and it's amazing what you can find doing Five minutes of OSINT work, open open source intelligence gathering, which is Google, Facebook, and LinkedIn, essentially.
4: Live OSINT, live live uh, open source intelligence gathering uh, presentations, and um, like phone number spoofing demonstrations, always freak people out. I've had some very <laughs> and like it's it might as well be voodoo to some people. They don't understand how much information is out there and how easy it can be. Uh, and so, uh, for me, it's it's kind of it's it's just something that comes with the territory. It it is scary, uh, and I don't want people to go home and live their lives in fear. But what I do hope they take away yeah, from it uh, is uh, a sense of awareness.
0: Well, it. Especially as we start getting into the Internet of Things, where everything is connected at your home, and we've certainly highlighted on previous Buzzoff shows, you're reminding and hammering at home that point that. Not everything needs to be connected and have some, you know, put some thought process into that. Do you provide guidance Mm -hmm. as kind of your takeaways on those sorts of topics as well as not only in the office, but here's what you need to do at home?
3: The first reaction is obviously fear when you start showing people, uh, you know, how vulnerable they really are. But that, I think, has been a big mistake that InfoSec as an industry has been making for the last 20 years. Is the reliance on fear, uncertainty, and doubt. So we have, we've been in, injecting fear into users in hopes that that will scare them into doing the right thing, but really it just scares them. And they don't know what to do. And so the, the different approach that, uh, that I take and that Jack takes as well is to, you know, we show them things that are scary, but we explain to them why they happen and how they happen and, and then how they can be safer you know and what they can do to protect their families and i think that makes a much more lasting impact than look how quickly i was able to find your your address online bye have a good day <laughs> you know that scares people and then they're just scared and they want to take all their information off the internet and don't want to be connected and you start running into you know what we have now where people are are either scared to death or
4: don't care yeah it at some point you cross over into fatalistic where people are saying like who cares the NSA is watching me through my phone anyway and so you know I'm just gonna live my life the way I want to and I'm not gonna take any precautions which is not something you want either you want to give them Small actionable things that they can do in their daily lives to make themselves more secure.
0: Well, absolutely. It's uh, gone are the days where we can say dance like nobody's watching because mm-hmm. assume several people are. Dance like Russia is watching. Exactly. Or North Korea or, <laughs> you know, somebody. Give them a little wiggle. Um, But we will get into some of the actionable items uh, right after this commercial break.
2: The disease of addiction is a life-altering challenge, not just for the person suffering its effects, to address the needs of the person suffering with an addiction or give you guidance as to where that help may be found. Information is the key and the trained staff at AHC is here to assist. If you wish, you can also get more information on the website located at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And welcome back to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz on America's Web Radio. Join us each Wednesday from 2 to 3 Eastern on AmericasWebRadio.com or find podcasts of the show, Lawyer Liz, on iTunes, Stitcher, any of your favorite favorite podcast streaming services. And with that, we've been talking with Jack and John on kind of the the human side of penetration testing and security issues. And so now that we have the uh, dapper hackers that John's doing live demos in front of, Jack is incorporating into and teaching how to be red team hackers and to Poor unsuspecting office workers. So now that y'all've gotten through the test, where you've shown them, gotten them to care, shown them what is going on. What are some of the takeaways that either the organizations can learn about the the human side of their processes, but also you, as a individual consumer or homeowner, what are some of the are, are there common things that hey, do this, it correlates across both?
3: Sure. So from like an enterprise point, there, or point of view, there's, there's obviously a lot more to look at, a lot more complexity. Uh, one of the first things I like to talk to organizations about, and this is at the enterprise level, uh, after, after testing is that they need to look at their policies, their standards, and they're like written, uh, you know, to do for all their employees because policy is essentially designed to think for the users, to tell the users what to do. Uh, but more often than not, it's made in a fantasy world where people will do things like that they won't actually do. So for example, when I very first started doing uh, consulting, I did a bunch of uh, internal or in external audit sort of uh, engagements where I would go in and look at various departments and then uh, in IT and then review their standards, their policies, all that kind of stuff, and then compare that to what they actually do day to day. And 99.9% of the time, the policies were beautiful, but they were absolutely nothing like what the people actually did. And so that...
0: Well, no, who wants to carry around... A book of policy. Well, okay, I take that You're back. A I'm a nerd. Yeah, and <laughs> yes, depending on the day, I do have certain. I mean, I carry around my constitution with me <laughs> everywhere. So I'm an oddity. I that's
4: a that. fantastic lawyer, though. Like, I need to get your contact info.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. But you always need to know your rights. But. For the non uh, uh, say special ducks like myself, how do you kind of do you have like a cheat sheet? Do you I mean, how do you work around that where nobody wants to carry it? So,
3: yeah, I, yeah, go ahead. So,
4: yeah, one of the things that I found is very helpful is to gamify uh some of the more important points of your policy and procedure um make it something that's uh fun make it something that is is constantly on people's minds um i did uh pen testing for a client about a year ago who uh they they I tried to tailgate over and over and over again. And tailgating is like following in behind somebody who has valid credentials. So they swipe their badge, they open the door and I just kind of catch the door behind them. And I don't have a badge to swipe. So I walk on through and I kept getting turned away, which turned away, which is unheard of. Like it, it is, it is ridiculously easy to, to tailgate at most places. But these people kept saying like, I'm sorry, where's your badge? Um, yeah, if you don't have a badge. And it was like December, so I was I was like, oh, I'm just, you know, I'm really cold, and I'll go to the visitor's office. I'm just going to go through here. And they kept turning me away, and I could not figure, I was like, what are you guys doing differently? So I called my point of contact, and I told him, like, this is awesome. Why are your people so good at, at not letting people tailgate? And uh, he said that they have this awesome program where if they have a new hire or if somebody's visiting from out of town they say hey see if you can go tailgate and so several times a year they 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 have people trying to get in in these in these little like pseudo pen tests and if people turn away the uh the tester, the person trying to tailgate, they, they get their name taken down, they get their name mentioned in like a newsletter or put up on a board or maybe they get like a uh, a gift card, that type of thing. It's some sort of mention. Um, it, it turns it into a, a, a mini competition. It makes it fun.
0: Um, something similar I with... Have- Go ahead. I say, absolutely. I mean, not just a gold star, but as you said, make a game of it.
4: Yeah, yeah. And that way, it's kind of always on people's minds, and you never quite know when you're being watched. So, if that if that is the case, if you never know if this is a test or not, then you're much more likely to turn away somebody who. Might legitimately be attacking your building uh, than than if you just weren 't on the lookout for that at all. another thing i 've seen is is little like business cards or postcards that uh, employers can or managers can leave on the desks of people who have left their computers unlocked and unattended, and they 're just little business cards that say you 've been hacked or I could have stolen this something along those lines. Um, and I think that's brilliant. It's just a tiny little reminder and it's not public. It's not humiliating. It's just like a, you, you did something bad. <laughs> just a little well, drop in the hat there.
0: I was say almost like turning it into the challenge coins, but, uh, kind of. Cheaper. You know, <laughs> you, exactly. But I, I don't know. What is, what is a very, what is the appropriately intimidating uh, message on a card, I mean, I'm picturing kind of like a Mr. Smithers, kind of, oh, you've been bad. Like, you like know, how, how do you convey that message? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it is. It's, it's striking that appropriate Balance, but I like the element of humor that y'all are—you know—the risk and reward that's being brought in. Uh, but the question is on the test. The Jack, the group that wasn't letting you uh, tailgate as much, was it located in a southern regional office, or because I'm wondering how well that works. in certain places where it's like... Yeah, when
4: it comes to more friendly places. So I'll tell you something right now. Tailgating on the East Coast is difficult... Tailgating on the West Coast is not so much. Tailgating in the South is definitely more of a. You know, it's it's more easy. Um, this was a global company. They did these tests globally. I actually was not able to penetrate uh, to, to get into their buildings um, by tailgating, uh, except through third-party vendors. So <laughs> like. It's the so yeah. it's the vendors, it's the guys filling up the vending machine, you know, they've got their sodas, like, spilling off of the side of their carts, and I was like, oh, here, let me hold the door open for you, and and at that point, they felt obliged to hold the door open, for me, they didn't really feel like they could grill me about my badge, so.
0: But that does bring up the point for companies, I'm sure, reminding them your weakest link you know, at times maybe your people, but the truly weakest link yeah. may oh, yeah. actually Third parties, be other people. parties, visitors, other people.
3: Daycare in your facility, yeah. and that I deal with healthcare. So you ran right a yes. hospital where they have to let people in. Yes. I- and how can you make that secure? Yeah. Yes.
0: Which, which is an entire show unto itself on the human element in healthcare and hospitals. Cause exactly. I mean, on the one hand, they're there to help and nurture, but at the same time, you've got, they also have the dual role of yep. you need to be cyber You're or right. it's know, hacker aware. <laughs> Go ahead.
3: You have something to say.
0: Not a welcoming environment. No, I'm sorry. Uh, you, you guys go ahead. I know. <laughs> I thought y'all, y'all are just so polite. Again, it's awesome. But it's also a reminder that, you know, great minds are thinking alike and uh, tag teaming because y'all do some of this together. Do you find when you're, like, if you're working on projects or even working on presentations that uh, you're you have similar results or that you're able to dovetail results together
4: yes yeah we actually uh very often compare notes on results of of talks and of research and uh we've got like a shared file somewhere where we just like pour stuff in he he him more so than me Um, i'm sorry john i promise i'll contribute more to that (laughs)
0: Y'all have like a pen test bingo card where you start comparing what you were doing on projects and go, okay, who got tailgating with that. the that. soda That's delivery? Yep.
3: <laughs> yeah. We, she has the advantage. She can either. Put we should on totally do that. She's also pretty. So those two things, he's got like, um, <laughs> oh, is that how we are. Whoa. Oh,
4: You're pretty too, John. Doing.
3: You're pretty too.
0: I'm hearing <laughs> excuses, John. And I'm not creativity.
4: So um, he will put on a pregnant belly just to see if anybody asks him about it. Because really, who's going to walk up to the guy and be like, "Um,
0: are you like, what is that?" <laughs> but they should train them to uh, exactly because. If, yeah. if Jane's addiction videos didn't teach me anything, it's that you're sticking frozen food in that pregnant belly, you know? Uh, Cowboy Bebop, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, there you go. But So where? what are some of the projects y'all are working That's on beautiful. and where we can see some of your research in action and learn more details? John? Okay, fine. Um,
4: so, so I'm on uh, Twitter. Uh, I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, hide and seek, and that spells uh, that's spelled H Y D E N S three three K. So I have I do some live pen tests every once in a while on there, and um, if you have questions or if you want to talk about. OSIN or Pentesting or whatever, uh, just shoot me uh, a tweet. Um, I'm also doing a, uh, a series of talks. I'm talking at B-Sides DFW. I believe I put in my CFP, and um, we'll, we'll see if that goes through. Uh, HUSETCon in November. Um, and uh, I'm speaking at ICS Squared... Uh, this Thursday, actually. So, so you can uh, find me
3: on Twitter as well, I where I'm also to very see active. Some of you and that is, end is Fantastic. N-Y-E, my and last name, John, so end is N-Y-E, mean? underscore com. That's my uh, Twitter handle. Uh, and then I have tons of blog posts on PeerList. You can look me up on there or directly on the Synergistic.com website, which, if you go to DapperHackers.com, We'll actually take you straight to my uh, blog for now. Eventually, I'll try and put some men's fashion tips up for other hackers.
0: Ah, fantastic. Well, thanks to you both. Uh, I encourage everyone to check them out. You've been listening to Buzz Off with Lawyer Liz. Thanks to America's Web Radio. Thanks to my guests. And thanks to everyone. Catch you next time. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.